This podcast is part of the Podcavern Network. Check out other Podcavern shows at podcavern.com. Come on, just say hi. Just let her hear your voice. I'm not a trained seal. I'm not asking you to recite scripture. I just want you to say hello. Show her there are no hard feelings. There never really were. That's all in your head. Mm-hmm. We just weren't friends. And now it's been years. Just say hi. Please. Please. Do it. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. For fuck's sake. Hi, Deirdre. Hope you're well. You're well rid of this idiot. Happy now? Can you do it with some vim? Some pep? Switch the fredamp thing off, Vance. Eh, you're no fun anymore. Hey, Deirdre, my dear best cousin. I, I recorded what you just heard about a day after I made it to Bühne and showed up on Danika's doorstep at the St. Gemma Galgani's Academy for Gifted Children. Danika tells me the gifted part is just marketing. She doesn't turn anyone away. That wouldn't be her style. Some Bach. Can't go wrong with Bach. It was Christmas a couple of weeks ago, so... The Weihnachtsoratorium. Hmm. I'm still in Bühne. Well, near Bühne, but it's months later now. Month 18 since I left Capital, I think, counting in waking time. Did you get into med school? Let me know. You'll make a great doctor. I've, I've no doubt of that. First things first. When I got here, I was still a bit miffed about the whole wrong answer to Erich's riddle costing me a hand fiasco. So that's more or less the first thing I mentioned after Danica opened the door. Kind of sanctimonious-like, you know? Her reaction was very Danica. I got my ass handed to me in no uncertain manner. She couldn't believe I just blurted out that answer without actually listening to the riddle. What in the name of the Lord had I been thinking? Was that what Herr Gustavo had spent years training me for? Etc. Etc. I mean, she loves me very much. She loves me. Very much. But she kind of thinks I'm an idiot. And, truth be told, can't really fault her for that. Turns out there's probably going to be more than one riddle for me along the big long road. She heard the riddle that she warned me about in one of her own dreams. She didn't have to answer herself. She's already at the end of her big long road, D. The school in Bühne was always her goal, and all prayers and signs seemed to agree that she's where she should be. She was in an inn somewhere inside her dream, and she heard a couple of walkers talking about it. Interestingly, she says, they hadn't answered the riddle either. They had found themselves posed, and they didn't want to face the consequence of answering false. So, they had decided to turn back. They were on their return journey. So, they didn't give her the answer. They didn't have it. 
She just figured it out. Now, she couldn't remember the wording of the riddle, which makes both of us believe that it is, in fact, something I will hear myself at some point in my own future. So, it's more a matter of recognizing the right question when it's finally before me. You have to wonder if guardians like Erich des Rätsels ask the same riddle of everyone who seeks them out. I mean, pilgrims talk on the road, and you'd think there'd be crib sheets sold on street corners and near hatches within, you know, a couple of weeks. But the dreaming life is, uh, well, it's fickle. Much of it is exactly like being awake, but sometimes it messes with your mind. When your mind needs to be messed with, if you see what I mean. The idea that they would just pick from like a, a list of these riddled things kind of cheapens it a little. Makes it into a game. So, I don't know, Dee. I don't know. In any case, getting my hand bitten off was my own fatamed fault, it seems. I apologized, and then I pestered her to say hello to you with the imperishable result you just heard. I don't think I'll manage to get her to talk in the direction of the Omni-book ever again. Which is a pity, because her story is really interesting for all that there are no riddles in it. She had to fight an awful lot, apparently. Bandits, harriers, wild beasts. She mentioned a duel with a flying monk on the shores of Lake Himmelblau, she discussed theodicy with him for three days and three nights, and eventually he got upset with her. He was revealed as a demon, and they fought. In her waking life, that was. The worlds are far weirder than we can imagine, Deirdre. You know that by now. In her dreams, she spent three years going through the maze under the Blutholt Mountains after being lied to by someone she thought of as a friend. She had to defeat a dragon, to make it out of there. And even then, it was touch and go. That dragon had family. Other dragons and wyverns and things. I haven't killed anyone so far on the big long road. But Danica didn't answer me when I asked her if she had. And that probably tells me everything I need to know. When she made it here, and that's the thing, it took her years longer than it took me. She stopped by the little country church that stands about two kilometers away from this spot. Great little place, by the way, Anglican. I go almost every day. And she announced that she was going to found a school. The priest immediately recognized that she had reached the end of her pilgrimage and led the congregation in the reception prayer. The people from six or seven villages around the countryside all pitched in. St. Gemma Gilgani's Academy for Gifted Children was born. And voila. She's become quite an important personage in the neighborhood. Rich people from Bühne have even begun to send their kids here. I don't think I understand how our timelines align, or if they can even be made to make sense, Deirdre. And I'm not sure it matters, anyway. That said, I'm still here at St. Gemma's. I'm not turning back, and I'm not settling here either. Danica is where the big long road took her. I'm not. I'm not. But uh, the school needed a few jobs done, and Danica asked nicely, 
She didn't have to. I get paid. Not very much, but the forms of the pilgrimage are being obeyed. She wears a suit most days. She looks so good in a suit. Her hair is as uh, fiery as ever. I eat with her every night she's not at high table. We cook together. Makes the food taste amazing. It's indescribable. She's, um, she's important to me, Dee. We've got really close. Closer than we were, even back home. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest with you. The call of the hatch is very loud. It's God's call. Of course it is. But here, in this house, in these rooms, in Danica's... With Danica near me again. I mean, I spent Christmas here with her. The call of the hatch gets a bit muted. Pray for me. I am in need of courage. I'm supposed to leave tomorrow, Dee. Danica, she won't stop me. She's been a pilgrim. She knows how it is. But I have a feeling she wouldn't mind if I cried off. If I stayed. It's a good, it's a, it's a, it's a brilliant feeling. I could have a different life here. It would be a good life, too. But I can't. And she understands. She's been playing her part as the wise witch, you see. She gave me my weapon. A week ago, we were standing in the field behind the school. We've been there a lot. It's a lovely spot for sunsets, just over the trees. And there are the blue crags way on the horizon. Adlers circling in the sky. But just then I knew this was when I crossed a point I'd already seen in one of my dreams. She told me she had a gift for me. I said, just the one? Because I remembered the dream, right? And she looked at me kind of funny, took my hand, licked her lips as though she were going to say something, and then she thought better of it and clearly decided to say something else. Just the one, she said. I didn't push it. I found the discrepancies kind of reassuring, to be honest. The gift was leaning against a fence. It was an axe. And of course, because of Herr Gustavo's training, I can handle it very well. He knew the old rogue. If any dragon wants to cross me, now's the time. <laughs> so the remembering forward aspect of the dreaming life it's not necessarily exact, it turns out. Thank the Lord, really, because the last time I swung an axe in a dream, it didn't end so well for me. Mind you, the bit about my cyborg left hand, that turned out to be true. I'm not an idiot. I can see that there is a motif in these dreams of slowly getting myself turned to metal, bit by bit. Not sure I like it. I didn't mean to end this recording on such a depressing note, but I'm not feeling super joyful, to tell you the truth, Dee. I'm leaving tomorrow. Of course I am. I know I am. But right now, 
I hate the idea. All my love to you and yours. Herr Gustavo says hi. So does Val. He's been helping me reach the point where I'm dimly starting to see what he means by a little bit of soul, by the way. I'm nowhere near ready, not by long chalk, but at least I no longer gawk like an ass when we talk about it. Anyway, hugs and kisses, Deirdre. Hugs and kisses. I love you. Notes to Oniric, Month 18, by Tefer Troy, Doctoral Candidate, Alternative Narrative Traditions, Université de Montréal, October 24th, 683. UDMID TT 603-782. Once again, the author uses the voice of his protagonist to poke holes in genre conventions and tropes. The digression about whether or not guardians have a list of riddles to draw from to avoid letting the answers circulate too easily is rather amusing. One senses that the author's intent is not mean-spirited, however. He just notices these devices and can't help commenting on them. The theological concept of theodicy, often glossed as the problem of evil, pertains to the difficulty of reconciling an omnipotent and omnibenevolent God with the fact that evil exists in the world. Generations of religious thinkers have contended with this vexed question, and I think I can state confidently that no one has quite been able to solve it satisfactorily yet. The mention of the reception prayer taking place in an Anglican church is a sly little joke. Anglicans do have a ceremony called reception, but it has nothing to do with any pilgrimage in the sense understood in Oniric. Reception is the act of welcoming a new member from another branch of Christianity into Anglicanism. Vaughn's coy admission that he and Nika have consummated their relationship is subtle but indisputable, I think. I would also argue that the months that Wanderer spends by Danica's side constitute the first true test on his own big long road, for all that he passes it without losing a body part. The differences between the dreams that seem to foretell the future and what actually comes to pass are interesting, and I believe bolster the general theme that nothing in this universe is truly fixed. Arcane Ninja RPG tells a story about ninjas and magic by mixing improv and role-playing. Meet our fledgling ninja and fall for them as they take their graduation exam and stumble upon unknown magic that will send them in an epic adventure. Root for them as the dice dictate just how successfully they face the threatening challenges that lay ahead. Binge on published episodes at the Podcavern Network or your podcast station of choice. Tune in every other Tuesday for your bi-weekly fix of Arcane Ninja RPG. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening! listening.